This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Celebrate the holidays at Hale Varsity Club with an exciting lineup of holiday-themed events like Ugly Christmas Sweater Karaoke and Holiday Music Bingo, plus happy hour all day on New Year's Eve during college football bowl games. Hale Varsity Club has something for everybody. Stop in this month to try our new menu items like the Nashville Hot Honey Chicken, Crispy Breaded Wings, and the Benning Burger. It's a spicy burger named after Damon Benning. Visit HaleVarsityClub.com for the full event calendar and make a reservation now. You lead a busy life. The last thing you have time for is shopping, prepping, and cooking a healthy homemade meal. With Chef, enjoy authentic meals freshly prepared by the best local cooks in your community and delivered to your door. No prepping, no cooking, no subscription necessary. It's one less thing to worry about after a long day without sacrificing the quality of a homemade meal. Schedule your meals with a local cook at Chef.com. That's Chef with an S dot com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Hot Off the Mess. It's a podcast brought to you by The Dip. I am your host, Samantha Bush, and it is another amazing Bravo Friday over here where we talk about all the headlines in Bravo this week and recap some of our favorite shows. And obviously, I will be sharing all of my opinions. I have so many this week. My notes, I got to tell you, are they're a little chaotic, but we're here and we're doing it. So, At first, let's start with some news. I just want to say a congratulations to one of my dear friends, friend of the podcast, Dave Quinn. He finally got to announce that he wrote a fucking book called Not All Diamonds and Rosé. I love Dave so much. He's one of my dearest friends in the whole wide world, and I've known about this book for quite some time, I have to tell you. And I know that he's worked his ass off for almost a year and a half putting this book together. He spoke to every single housewife past and present and got all the tea. And I love it because every franchise will have its own chapter. So we will definitely have to have him on the podcast before the book officially launches on October 19th to talk to him about everything. But you can pre-order the book. Go to his Instagram. It's at 9daves. That's N-I-N-E-D-A-V-E-S. And he has the link in his bio. You can purchase it. You know, I know some people don't like purchasing from Amazon. So there's other outlets or sources or, you know, you know what I'm saying. There's other places to buy the book to pre-order. I got mine yesterday when he officially announced. I'm just so excited. I'm so happy for him. Everybody go congratulate him. He's incredible. He's an amazing person. And this is just he deserves everything. So I just wanted to wish him a nice little congratulations. Also, Page Six reported 
kind of a disturbing video of Tom Girardi. He was out walking. It, I don't know where he was coming from, where he was going. I know he was like walking towards a parking lot. It looked like he was with two maybe caretakers. I'm not sure, but he was definitely like getting help walking um, and being led to his car. But he didn't look well, you guys. He really didn't. Clearly, something is going on. I know that... uh, How do I say this? If it's been ruled, like it's been ruled he has dementia. I don't know, but I think it has been confirmed that he does suffer from dementia or Alzheimer's. And the paparazzi... Now, I really struggle with this because my grandmother had Alzheimer's and it's truly a horrific disease. And anyone who knows someone that has had it, it's it's awful. And you just watch this person like deteriorate and like cognitively, and then it affects their body and it affects everything. So to me, I didn't love the fact that the paparazzi like stopped him and tried to talk to him about if Erica knew anything. And so the guy asked him and one of the men with Tom got pretty upset and was like, please stop filming, drop your camera. What the fuck are you doing? Basically, like, look at him. He's clearly not with the program. And Tom then chimed in and said, I think she knew. Now, before the paparazzi asked him this question, he was like, asking him about his facility, how he likes it. And Tom is clearly having a hard time, like getting words out and articulating anything. Cause that's kind of what happens when you have dementia and Alzheimer's. So does Tom really know what this guy is asking? Probably not. I don't know. The whole video just felt really gross. I had posted on my Instagram grid, like on my actual feed. And I was like, you know what? This just feels too icky for me. Like I, I don't know. I just really didn't like it. I know that he was a monster and he allegedly like defrauded orphans and widows and everything. And that's obviously not great. We shouldn't be doing that. But also like this just was uncomfortable because you got to really see how much he has declined over the past like year. Because remember like last season, like he was filming and he was like kind of with it. But I mean, we did only see him for a very short period of time. And I mean, I remember my grandma she was able to tell stories, right? And they keep flashing backwards to Tom telling the story um, with all the women at the house. And I'm just like, my grandma was able to do that too. And then like, I think being in isolation, he probably declined faster than most. I don't know. Either way, I just, it felt like a gross video to me. I, I don't think that that was smart on page six's part. I don't know. It just, like I said, a million times, it just felt very icky. But speaking of Tom and Erica, someone on Twitter this week asked Camille Grammer, quote, did you hear of the Tom and Erica rumors before she came on the show? And she responded, yes, one of the housewives mentioned it at Andy's baby shower. I need to know who mentioned it at Andy's baby shower. I need to know. I kind of have my suspicions and I don't know why, but okay. I'm assuming it was Kyle. Because she has been really shady in her confessionals, and she's kind of alluded to the fact that she's heard rumblings and rumors around town in Beverly Hills about Tom for quite some time. So I don't know. 
I can't imagine Kyle like just walking around Andy's baby shower talking about Tom and Erica, but who knows? I all I know is all roads lead back to Andy's baby shower. Period. In some Southern Charm news, Southern Charm has started filming. We pretty much have the entire cast back from last year. Uh, Madison is coming back, queen icon legend, as Danny Pellegrino puts it. Madison is coming back. Vanita is also coming back. I loved her last season. I think Leva is coming back, but I also have heard that Leva is getting her own show, kind of like a Vanderpump Rules spinoff because Leva has some very, very successful restaurants in Charleston. And so that will be so exciting. I love a messy, you know, restaurant-centered show because Vanderpump Rules is like legendary. Um, And rumors have it that Naomi, Queen Naomi, is coming back. So excited for that. I just, I want nothing but the best for our queen, our little French baguette, Naomi. She deserves the world. And after the summer that she had with that fucking asshole Matul cheating on her, the best revenge is being hot and being on the show and going on dates and showing him that, look, you're not going to fucking hold me back. This isn't going to tear me down. I am better than this. I'm better than you. and. I just can't wait to watch it all unfold. And I'm really excited to see Naomi interact with Catherine again because they had some tension last time Naomi was on. Remember Catherine? Like, she wasn't a good friend. She, I think they were really only friends because of the show, if I'm being honest. And I don't think that they'd really, I don't think they have much in common. So that will be interesting. Because Catherine also thinks that her shit just doesn't stink. And it's like, girl, you're a train wreck. And uh, Catherine's new boyfriend, uh, he is going to be on the show as well. So that's going to be interesting. Okay. Now let's talk about some Potomac drama that's been going on on social media. (sighs) Okay. Mia. Mia, Mia, Mia. From Potomac. She is currently doing the absolute most on Twitter and social media, I truly do not understand like what exactly she's trying to accomplish or what she's thinking, or I I don't, I don't really get it. As you guys know, I've had a really hard time this season with Mia, right? Like, I don't know how I feel about her. I really love her vulnerability with her family on the show, but that doesn't make a good housewife. Like you still need to be able to like, fit in with the women and handle the shade and the little digs and the little reads and just like let it roll off your back. That is what is so good about Real Houses of New York, for example, or even Potomac like back seasons two, three, and four is like people were able to handle these digs and then like move on. Like if we remember, Bethany literally called Luana whore repeatedly to her face. And Luann, like, still filmed with Bethany after that. (laughs) Like, we have to be able to move on from things. That is what Housewives is all about. Like, you can't just harbor one little comment and think, like, I'm going to go on social media and just bash this girl. Because on social media, Mia has been, like, coming for Candace 
And I mean, you all know that I'm a fan of Candace's. I am, I'm a fan enough to know that she is wrong at times. Candace did say that Nia had big feet. To me, that's not like the end of the world. It's like a funny little dig about Mia's feet. It's really not that serious. Who fucking cares? Get over it. If you can't handle that, like then don't go on the show. Like to take that one little comment and just like run with it. It's so embarrassing and so cringy to me. And now Mia is like talking about Chris. Uh, Candace's husband on social media. She's talking about, you know, how she's demanding apologies from Candace. It's so fucking lame (laughs) because then she went back to 2019 on Instagram. Candace's Instagram went all the way back to 2019. Got a picture of Candace where it was showing her feet, posted them and said that they were crusty. What on earth are you fucking doing? I think she thought she was really doing something with that. Like she probably thought, oh my God, everyone on social media is going to back me because Candace is an easy target, you guys. Candace says herself, she says, my mouth is a mess. Like she gets herself into so much trouble. So my thought process is that Mia hasn't really made a splash on the show with the other women, except for Karen. None of the other women are really gelling with her. Like, you know, like, it's just like, there's a disconnect there. So in my mind, I think Mia is thinking, if I come back, if I come after Candace, who is a very controversial, polarizing character, come at her, needle her, she will come at me, say crazy shit, because that's Candace. Then Mia gets to play the victim and then she gets a ton of people on her side and she gets to make herself relevant. That is my personal opinion because to take a comment like big feet and then go on Instagram and Twitter and say like, you have crusty feet. Like it's so embarrassing to me. I'm just like, girl, Candace is really good at like in-person reads. Like she doesn't need to take months to think about, you know, digs or whatever and post them on social media like Mia does. I don't think Mia in person can handle someone like Candace. So at the reunion, I mean, at this point, Mia is kind of asking for Candace to like come at her and say crazy shit. Like I, I just don't understand. And I think Mia's really doing it because she wants to be the victim. Very strange. But also, an Instagram account by the name Bravo Shade Room posted that Mia left her source in one of these screenshots. So someone named Cookie screenshotted this picture of Candace, sent it to Mia, and like Mia left the girl's face, like that little avatar profile picture circle, like in the bottom corner of the screenshot. Now, Cookie is one of Monique's friends. So this should all make sense to you now that I said that. Like, she's clearly working with people behind the scenes to try to, like, come up with shade and, you know, cause problems. So I don't know. I just, this will just get ugly, I think. Candace has showed a lot of restraint, actually, on social media towards Mia. She's basically just been like, 
what the fuck are you doing? Like, why are you so obsessed with me? Like, please stop talking about me. It's getting weird. In the words of Nene Leakes, it's getting weird. And what's really confusing to me is that on Instagram, literally two weeks ago, I think, Mia was talking about how she was bullied as a child. So, which is it? Like, make it make sense. I'm not really 100% sure. So that, I mean, I just... I had to talk about it because it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like why you would come on housewives and not be able to handle little shady dicks without losing your fucking mind. Like I, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It's so embarrassing and so cringy. And I, and what's really funny is everyone on social media, Instagram and Twitter is literally like Mia, put the phone down. Like this is getting like, you're embarrassing yourself now. Even people that don't like Candace are like, what the fuck are you doing? This is just, it's just not, it's not a good look. And this isn't how you're going to get your little champagne flute, which is, you know, like a diamond or a peach or whatever. So I don't know. It's just like I said, I just don't really know where I stand with Mia. All right. So let's just take a quick break and then we will get back into the episode. We'll recap Potomac, Salt Lake City. I have some thoughts there and Beverly Hills. So we'll be right back. Let's be honest, ratings and reviews are so important, especially when you're in need of a doctor. You wouldn't go to a restaurant if they only had one star, so I go through all of that with a healthcare provider. And after the last year, now is the time to prioritize your health. Whether you need a primary care physician, a dentist, dermatologist, psychiatrist, eye doctor, or other specialist, ZocDoc has you covered. Just download the free ZocDoc app, the easiest way to find a great doctor and instantly book an appointment. With ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who take your insurance, read verified patient reviews, and book an appointment in person or video chat. Never wait on hold with a receptionist again. ZocDoc makes healthcare easy. Go to ZocDoc.com H-O-T-M and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. Many are available as soon as today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com H-O-T-M. Now we're going to quickly recap, obviously, Potomac, Salt Lake City, Beverly Hills. We're going to get into it. With Potomac, personally, I could watch Giselle and her daughter drive around in that parking lot in their Gucci Mini Cooper for hours for the rest of my days. Like, I could literally just watch a show of just Giselle and her girls. I feel like that is a spinoff that is just, like, waiting to happen. Uh It was so cute. I love seeing Giselle with her daughters. It's, I mean, it's just a different side to her. She's much softer, but she's also like, she's not, you know, talking about people's marriages when she's with her kids. And I got to say, like, remember her daughter failed her parking test, like her her driving test? I see why. Because this girl has no idea what she's doing. She has not a clue. And I feel so bad. I'm like, we are just in a parking lot. Maybe, I mean, here's an idea. Maybe the car is too small. I personally wouldn't feel safe in a car that small driving at 16. I just wouldn't. I feel like she needs something maybe a little bigger. But fun fact about me, I failed the parking portion of my driver's test. 
It was bad. It made no sense to me. I was like, why are there all these cones and flags? I was like hitting the cones, knocking over the flags. I wasn't, (laughs) I remember my mom was like in the parking lot, just watching me do this. Like, what the fuck is this girl doing right now? What is she doing? And like, I was sweating and I was mortified. But so what I did is I made sure that my driver's test was, I remember it was at 630 in the morning. And you got to schedule the time and day that you wanted to do it. And I scheduled mine at 6.30 in the morning. I believe it was a Saturday or Sunday because I was like, there's going to be no one on the road. There's going to be no one on the road at 6.30. I'm not going to have to worry about people, you know, trying to hit me or swerve around me. Like I made sure and I was there promptly. I was there early. I was there before the driving instructor was there. So when I failed my parking portion of my driver's test, I didn't fail the driving part. I failed the parking portion. He looked at me and he was like, you know what? You were here before me. You did a good job on your driving. I'll pass you. Still to this day, I am a horrible parker. Like just terrible. I, I'm actually not that bad at parallel parking, which is very weird. It's pulling into a spot like, oh my God, I will park at the very, very back of a lot where there's absolutely no one around me just so I can like roll in and just not worry about like scraping someone's car. (sighs) Just a little, just a little fun fact about, about myself. But then Ashley decides to go to her uncle Lump's house who I love uncle Lump. I think he's adorable. I love that. He's always there for Ashley. He's like a father figure to her. I think he's very sweet. I like that. He kind of confronts Michael on all his bullshit. And, uh, Ashley now, I know that this is your family, girl, but I don't think we need to be talking about your prolapsed vagina to your uncle and your aunt and your mother on television. Um, I'm all about being transparent and vulnerable, but that I was like, what the fuck? Like, I would never look at my uncle Jim and be like, hey, my vagina is out of my body. Like ever. He would be like, Sam, please leave. Like, get out of my house. Also, Ashley saying that Michael is 61 really rocked me, really rocked my world because I knew he was an older gentleman. I knew this, but hearing that he's 61 years old was insane because, and I'm not age shaming here, but this man has two like infant children. He had, that's like my mom and dad having a baby. I... (laughs) Picturing my 63-year-old father with an infant, it it's just what it fucking happened. I, I like this man, no wonder he wants to start a new business. He doesn't want to fucking sit at home with these kids. Let's be real. He doesn't want to have to deal with it. So he's gonna get into the quote movie making business. What the fuck is that? A movie making business in Potomac? I think that's, I mean, is it code for porn? I I just don't know. I I don't understand this. Uncle Lump made a good point. He was like, when I had little kids, like I was not starting a new business venture. And Ashley was like, well, he's already super established. Um, so this is just kind of like going to be like a side hustle, a new gig, whatever. Um, no, 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 no. Absolutely fucking not. I do not need Michael behind the camera. I don't even want him on camera. Uh I also, like I said, I just think this is an excuse to basically just not have to deal with his kids because he could easily retire and just like 
chill with Ashley at home. Like they have enough money. I think his business does really well. Yeah. I just, I've, I'm with uncle lung. This is fucking weird. Let's, we don't need to get into the movie making business. Michael, that is just not something we need. So then we get to see Robin. She looks like she's going to a warehouse of some kind, like where she can sell her embellished hats um, with one. We all know how I feel about Wani Poo. I struggle with one every single day. I don't understand like why this beautiful woman is settling for this man who clearly is like totally emotionally checked out of this relationship. Um, I personally just think he's emotionally checked out of like, life. Like, I I don't know. He doesn't seem to love being on camera, but it's like, babe, this is like season six. We need to pep the fuck up. This isn't a new thing. If you hate being on camera, then don't be on camera. But I really liked that Robin was able to voice her thoughts and feelings to Juan. And she was like, listen, you're not, I'm not a kid you're coaching. Like I'm your fiance slash ex-wife. Which I did enjoy that little comment where like this this woman who's showing you around the warehouse, Robin does not need to know the relationship history between you and Juan. She doesn't. Because Robin was like, oh, this is my ex-husband slash fiance Juan. And the woman was like, okay, come this way. Follow me. It's just like so weird. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just wish that they could just stay friends. I don't think, I don't. I don't think these two need to get married. And I love Robin. So this is really just coming from a place of love. Uh, I will support anything she does. I don't know. She doesn't seem supportive. And also, I really hate watching housewives and like worrying about their finances. It's not something I enjoy. It gives me a lot of anxiety because we know what Robin went through uh, with that whole situation, losing her money and, you know, trying to get it back and trying to flip houses. And now she's doing these hats and whatever. And it just makes me anxious because I, I'm not very good with money, but like she definitely isn't. And so to watch someone who's like me on TV, is just, it gives me stress and it gives me Anxiety, like I said, it's much like when I would watch Gina Casita over in Orange County. I was like, oh my God, I can't watch someone who lives in like the same type of house that I do. Like, it's just, it's tough. It's really tough. And then this idea that Chris and Candace are like having these intense marital problems is kind of bumming me out because I don't think that they do. I think we're made to think that they do, if that makes sense. Like, and also... It's weird to think that Chris is like some bum and he's like using Candace for money. <laughs> I I don't think that that's true. I also think it's really fucked up of Mama Dorothy, Dr. Dot, to basically be like perpetuating these rumors about her own daughter and her marriage. Like, I think it's so fucking toxic. I think she knows that Chris, like wants Candace to be independent from her. And I think that that's very scary for her because they're very codependent on each other. Candace has said that. And I really just didn't like that whole scene at the uh, video shoot. It made me so uncomfortable. And to watch Mia try to fucking like pry information out of this woman, it's just like, what What are you doing? Even Giselle was like, I'm going to go sit in my car because this is fucking weird. And Wendy and and Escale were like, what are you doing? Like, why are you asking this woman about her daughter and her relationship? It's very strange because you know, Dorothy 
is going to talk shit about Chris. That's just like we all know. I I think Chris and Candace have a good relationship. I don't like seeing them fighting or having tension. It's just not something that I enjoy at all. And Candace went on Watch What Happens Live and said, Chris had nothing to do with the car situation, even though that's the way it made the like editing and everything made it seem was he was like the one orchestrating this whole thing. But I guess like her team had told Chris the cars were coming. So Chris had just assumed they were. And it's like, well, the balls, balls were dropped. I'll just say that balls were dropped. And uh, Karen, I, you know, God love her. That (laughs) the whole three wick versus one wick fight is probably, it's such a housewife's fight. And it makes me laugh so hard because it's so fucking petty and it's so funny. And I just love it. I love it. I could, I could watch Wendy and Karen talk about their candles, rivalry candles forever. And I don't think Karen was wrong in not telling Wendy about this. I don't know. I just don't think that it's a big deal. I think Wendy went to Karen for advice, which is kind of strange. And Karen was like, okay, I'll give it to you. She's not going to, you know, tell her, oh, well, I'm doing this right now. And like, and discourage a woman from making money and starting a business. Do I think Wendy's candles are ever going to happen? Probably not. I don't think we're ever going to be sniffing a Wendy candle. That's just something that we're just not going to get. And we need to accept that because the woman is Googling business plans. And that is something Jax Taylor did with the Mama Beer Cheese. And that, where is that? You know, that's all I'm saying. Okay. Real Houses of Salt Lake City. I have a hot take, you guys. (laughs) Several, several hot takes. I'm kind of bored. I'm kind of bored. I was kind of bored this episode. The only thing that's getting me through this show, truthfully, and we need to be honest about this, is the fact that we know Jen Shaw gets arrested at some point. (laughs) We know Jen Shaw is in cultural appropriated box braids in a fur jacket on a sprinter van getting arrested by the feds. That is what is getting us through these episodes. We have to be we have to be honest with ourselves. We have to acknowledge that this is facts. Because what else would we be watching? Seth? Seth and his soul patch labor saver? It's demonic. It's truly sick demonic behavior. I don't appreciate it. He's such a handsome man. Like, it came on screen. No wonder he came in with a mask on, that diamond mask. Because when he took that off and sat at that counter with Meredith, I was like, oh, my God. I paused. I took a screen grab. And I immediately ran to Twitter. I was like, please tell me everyone is bullying this man for this fucking soul patch. I was sick over it. Now, the Meredith-Jennifer Shaw fight, I don't know what it is, but I can't sink my teeth into it. I just can't. There's something about it that I'm just like, what are we fighting about? Seriously, Jen Shaw liked a tweet about Brooks, who is an adult who has had confessionals on this show. He's not a child. He's made money off of this show. He's promoted his brand on this show uh, and talked about Jen. Now, do I think Jen should be liking tweets, calling Brooks a sissy bitch? No, you guys. 
she shouldn't be. But it's housewives. It's housewives. Brooks, if you don't want to be talked about, then don't be a bartender and watch what happens live. Don't have a fashion show on the show because truthfully, that is probably the only reason Meredith even joined is because she was like, this will be a good opportunity to promote my son and get him a little lift up in the world. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I'm just like, what are we talking about? Like, why do we, I don't care. I don't care. I have to be honest, that might sound really negative, but calling Brooks a privileged twink on Twitter and liking that tweet, it's not nice. But I mean, let's not act like that is like a slur. You know what I'm saying? It's just like absurd. Meredith is like so upset about this. I get it. Like I'm kind of on Lisa's side, like where she's like, I see both sides here. I do. I don't know. It's complicated. It's complicated. And also I'm just like, what am I doing right now? Why am I watching this? Whitney Rose, Whitney Wild Rose. Where to begin with Whitney? Okay. I just can't get on board with Whitney and I don't know why. I really don't know what it is. I, everyone was laughing about the cake drop last episode. And I was like, I don't think it's that funny. Like, I, I don't know why I want, I want to laugh. You guys, I want to giggle. I want to have a good time, but there's something about Whitney that I'm just like, what? It's cringe. It's weird. Um, you know, I, I give her and her husband five more years. Truthfully, I, I mean, they used to have sex every day. When she said that they had sex every single day, I was like, oh my God. First of all, aren't you exhausted? I like good for, I mean, good for you. Good for anyone that has sex every single day. Couldn't be me. Couldn't be me. But just like the weird confessionals, like with the water bottle. And then, I mean, it's funny. I understand. It's just not, I don't know. I'm struggling with Salt Lake City. And I feel like that's a, a hot take. I enjoy the women. Like I like watching them. I, I do. But I also, I'm like, what are we really watching right now? Which I guess you could say that for any housewife show or really any show on Bravo. It's like, what am I fucking talking about? Like, I literally spent hours talking about, like, someone calling someone a twink. It's, I don't know what's going on. I, how did I get here? Unclear. But then, you know, I do enjoy when Whitney is with Heather. I liked that moment where they're in that, like, that strange warehouse type of store uh, where they're sitting down and, you know, Whitney is like, why are you allowing this woman to like run you ragged? Why are you doing this? Like, why are you meeting with Jen? Why is this happening? You know, this is stupid. She treated you like shit. She said you looked like Shrek, which is horrible. I feel like Heather should have more of a problem with Jen Shaw than Meredith personally. Awful you know, for, we'll get there. But then I, okay, this is going to be a very honest opinion. Here's my thing. I personally think that 
sometimes we find the housewives the most annoying when we see some of ourselves in them. Sit with it, take it in, breathe. Let's go in and out. It's true. Because I personally find Shannon Bedore to be so fucking annoying, but I see some of myself in her. The insecurity, the the insecurity. (laughs) Also with Heather Gay, like the way that this, I see myself in Heather because I am just not a confrontational person. I don't enjoy it. I literally, people say things to me sometimes that are fucking insane. And I literally stare at them like processing what is happening. And then I'm like, huh? And then I just ignore it and I move on. It's, I wish I could stand up for myself a little bit more, but we're a work in progress over here. So when she meets with Jen Shaw, I personally have had a relationship in my life, a friendship, where I was Heather and I had a Jen. Now, my friend was not, you know, doing telemarketing schemes by any means, but we had a friendship where like it was fun. We had so much fun together. I laughed with her more than I laughed with anybody. We like would, you know, just have the best time. I felt, you know, I would always say, because people would be like, how are you friends with her? And I'd be like, you guys don't understand her like I do. Like, (laughs) it's like very, it sounds like I was in like an abusive friendship, which I mean, I think I was. So I get, I get what she's doing. Like when she's in the igloo and, you know, Jen is in her little villain outfit with her sunglasses and her furry beret and she comes down on that slide like it's fun okay it's literally she's playing the role of a villain and she is gaslighting the fuck out of heather the way that this woman jen is spinning this and putting it on heather is it's like an evil mastermind (laughs) I feel like I'm watching Emperor's New Groove and I'm watching like that evil Ezra woman. Like that is how I feel. But I've been Heather where it's, I've been Heather. I've, I've been duped and I feel for her. Do I understand it when I watch it? No. But when I sit back and I'm like, oh fuck, like, whew, been there girl. It's, it's the truth. and. I, oh, this is going to be another hot take, you guys. Jen Shaw is the Teresa Judice of Salt Lake City. And I'm not just saying that because Teresa went to jail and Jen possibly might go to jail. I'm saying it because she is kind of the show. Like, what else would we be talking about if it wasn't for Jen? Why would we be watching if it wasn't for Jen getting arrested? You get what I'm saying? Like, I can totally see Bra. Okay, let's say she gets sentenced because her hearing is coming up in October. Let's say she gets sentenced to a year and a half because I don't think she's going to jail for eight years. Like, that, I don't think that that's happening. Um, we'll see, TBD. But I, I, I'm going to guess that she only goes to prison for like a year and a half. I can picture them s- starting to film as soon as she gets out. And then we get to see her come out and like be reunited with everybody and and see all of that. You know, I'm not saying what she did was right by any means. She is literally an evil mastermind, her and stew chains, but it is what it is. And that's my truth. 
So, I mean, we are only on episode two of Salt Lake City, so it could totally be getting better. I'm excited to get to know Jenny more. Uh, ooh, Jenny and her husband, they're going to get divorced in two years. This is this is her lily pad. She knew that they weren't going to last, so she's going to get on the show, start making money on her own, have enough money to leave her husband, and that's just what's going to happen because this man is asking for a fourth child, and she, from the previews of next week, has her tubes tied, and that... She's like, I'm not doing that. Something is off in their dynamic. She did say that he was ugly on the very first episode. So, I mean, if that's any indication here. Ooh, okay. Let's start with, or no, we're not going to start with Beverly Hills. We're going to end with Beverly Hills. What the fuck do these women want from Garcelle? Seriously. Just what do they want from her? They say she's too direct. They say she's not direct enough. They say she's a bully, but then they say that she doesn't, like, Dorit keeps, like, trying to drive this point home. And thank God for Kathy Hilton for basically telling Dorit to shut the fuck up because it just was ridiculous. It was so ridiculous, this fight that Dorit keeps, like, trying to make happen. And then, I'm sorry, but... When Jareet looked at Garcelle and was like, do you understand? I was like, what the fuck is your problem? To me, this feels a lot like something Rinna is planting in Jareet's mind. And Jareet, not being able to stop talking, is now just perpetuating this. Because she's mirroring a lot of what Rinna has tried to say about Garcelle and this whole idea that Garcelle isn't a good friend because she didn't kiss your fucking feet for bringing her sauce. What? Uh, listen, if I ever brought my friend sauce and they didn't send me a text saying, thank you, I, I wouldn't give two fucks. I wouldn't at all. Anyways, so that's kind of like towards the end of the episode. I, you know, Kathy Hilton is doing her, stand-up comedy routine uh, throughout the entire episode. Personally, love her so much. She is so chaotic. I, I Again, I don't think she realizes she's filming a show. <laughs> I gotta be honest, you guys. I, she has no idea what's going on. Either that or she knows exactly what's going on and she's leaning into this role and she knows exactly what she's doing and she's playing it up. It's either, it's either one of the two. There's no in-between with Kathy Hilton, I don't think. Um, she called the woman who works for her the lady. And if it was anyone else, I would probably be like, what the fuck? But it's Kathy Hilton. I don't I don't think she knows anyone's names. Anyone's. I, I don't take offense. She thought Garcelle was her sister, you guys. Seriously, she thought Garcelle was her sister, Kyle. Uh, so forgive me. I don't think she knows who anyone is. But I could really watch Kyle and Kathy kind of just shuffle around the hotel room for hours, much like Gar or much like Giselle with her daughter in the car. Like them trying to get out of that hotel room in a timely manner was comical. Like it was that they bounce off each other so nicely. And I also think that they really just love that they're able to spend this time together because they lost so much time with each other during their feuds and their fight about Mauricio leaving um, Rick's real estate company and starting an agency and then the whole Kim thing and American Woman and everything like that. So 
it's nice seeing them all together. Now, where to begin with Sutton and Garcelle? They're like the best of friends. I love them together so much. You can tell that there's like a real genuine friendship there. Garcelle pushing Sutton's wheelchair and saying, it's Black History Month. I shouldn't be doing this. And then the laughs that they had about it after, like, it was heartwarming. Like, it's just as nice to see these women have real friendships and see that they have each other. Uh, they both better be back next season. I don't think I could handle it if just one was back and the other wasn't. I think that they need each other. We need Garcelle. When she was not in the first half of the episode, she was missed. Her presence was missed, you guys. I was like, stop filming the reel. Get your ass to this empty marble hotel palace. I need it. I need her. So then we get to the dinner. Again, like I said, what the fuck do they want from Garcelle? It really, really bothered me that she had to cry and basically break down about, you know, feeling excluded for them to really care. And it felt very performative, the hugging of her. And it just was like, oh, it made me sick. It made me so uncomfortable. If a woman is sitting there and she's telling you, I don't feel included in your little clique. And you start coming at her instead of listening to her and just being like, oh, you know, I'm really sorry you feel that way. What can we do to make this better? Because, um, so this guy, Ryan, he is so funny on Twitter. Go follow him. Um, I love that I said, go follow him. I didn't even tell you his handle. <laughs> go follow, go follow a guy named Ryan on Twitter. And hopefully it's the Ryan I'm talking about. I think his handle is like Ryan at Ryan tweets or something. <laughs> Sorry, that was so dumb. Um, okay, so he tweeted like Rina saying, why do you feel that you're excluded? And then he was like, but the group is actually the Fox Force 5 and it's like the photo of them all like pinky swearing each other, like clowns, like these women are 50 years old. What, why are they pinky swearing each other and taking photos and posting it on Instagram? It's so fucking embarrassing. So yeah, it's just laughable that Rinna is trying to make Garcelle feel a type of, a certain type of way. And then Sutton was on Watch What Happens Live last night uh, for the fourth time, I think, this season, which is crazy because Dorit hasn't, I don't think, been on once because where is she? Also, where is Crystal? Does any Has anyone seen her? I didn't see anything of Crystal this episode. Nothing. Not a thing. It was very weird. She laid low. The first half of the season, she was really coming out strong, which I loved. Second half, she's kind of falling back, which is fine. I still think every single woman should come back next year. That's just my opinion. You know, and I've heard about the reunion and that, okay, what I was getting at with Sutton going on Watch What Happens Live is Sutton, Allison, friend of the pod, uh, she comes on all the time. She did say, she was like, what was up with Sutton last night on Watch What Happens Live? And I was like, you know what? You're right. Something was up with her. I think because... Everyone said that they left the reunion in a better place. There was a lot of resolution. I don't think she enjoyed being asked about the situation again, even though I know that that's what she's on there to do. She probably was like, I don't want to like unearth all of this again. But then, but then she said, you know, it's funny Rinna is upset about the sauce. She's like, because I don't remember Harry Hamlin or Lisa Rinna thanking me for bringing them to the Elton John fundraiser. I brought them as a, she's like, I brought them as a guest. 
And then Rinna was apparently watching because within minutes, she had posted on her Instagram, uh, we were actually invited on our own. We were just at your table. And I guess Andy brought this up, I think on the after show that Rinna had posted this and Sutton said, yeah, you sat at my table because I paid $10,000 for you to do that. Like, what are you talking about right now? (sighs) So, you know, honestly, more more content and more just juicy drama for next season. And I can't wait because a a Rinna-Sutton feud would be a joy to watch because Sutton would just destroy her. And that's the thing. Like, what what do we do with Rinna? Where do we go? I don't know. What are your thoughts? What are your feelings? What are you thinking? Like, I'm, I'm kind of bored of it. I'm kind of bored of it now, you guys. I don't know. I feel like she's given us a lot. We have to thank her for a lot of moments on the show. She has kind of been doing the most on the show for the last few seasons, but I don't know. I'm just kind of over her antics and her over yelling about owning it and being honest. It's just fucking bullshit. I don't know. I'm just, I'm not about it. Wow. Okay. I'm like out of breath. I feel like I've covered so much today, but that is the Bravo Cinematic Universe. Uh, It never sleeps. So thank you guys so much for listening. And remember, we have new episodes every Tuesday, which are pop culture related. And every Friday is Bravo Friday. And this podcast is brought to you by The Dip. That's D-I-P-P. So if you want to go to thedip.com where we have events, live chats, articles, interviews, everything like that, you can get 20% off at thedip.com if you use the code H-O-T-M. That is H-O-T-M at thedip.com when you sign up. And again, I am a words of affirmation person. So if you could rate, review, and subscribe this podcast, make sure, I mean, please leave nice reviews. If you don't, make them constructive criticism reviews because I love a constructive criticism moment. Actually, you know what? No, if you're going to give me constructive criticism, just DM me on Instagram. Anyways, check out the mother. Uh, the other amazing podcast brought to you by The Dip. There's Slut Pig Podcast, Pop Chaser, TV Watch Repeat. I mean, there's everything. And there is a new podcast brought to you by Morgan. Uh, It's called Morgan's Pop Talks. So she'll be covering news and pop culture. So go check that out. Uh, And I will see you guys next week. Bye. This is your summer. That means Six Flags and the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, amazing animal attractions, and this. Coke is summer refreshment, so you can hop on another ride, like the all-new Sidewinder Safari. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 off passes or daily tickets starting at $39.99. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 